Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Happy Leprechaun Day. Okay, it is kind of Leprechaun Day today. It's St. Patty's Day. And so I want you to, there's a couple things that I want you not to do. And so for honor of that, we put on the green screen behind us so that you know that I'm actually wearing green so you can see through it. Okay, take that green screen down. They need to think that I'm actually hovering over Denver. Um... We got a lot to go over today, and we have a special guest today. And I, I want to give as much time to our special guest as possible. He is he is one of the few men that is in positions of trust and authority um, that represents the people in his community well. We have Tim Ramthan, who is on with us from Wisconsin, and he has been tirelessly fighting to uh, have accountability for Wisconsin voters. The the uh, the election being stolen in Wisconsin and across the country, uh, we're hearing the same stories out of Wisconsin we've heard out of out of Arizona and out of Colorado and out of uh, Georgia. Um, but let's go ahead and welcome Tim Ramtham to the show. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. The Happy tip Leprechaun of the spear, Day. The tip of the spear is here. <laughs> let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Okay, yeah. I can't say that. I'm not allowed to say that. It's completely. Okay. I, I got yelled at for that. Hey, so you are you're on fire. The things that are happening in Wisconsin now are absolutely amazing. Amazing because it brings accountability. So tell us what's going on. Well, we've got some movement as well. In fact, uh, that's why I continue to press on uh, anything incremental, even a little bit. Is progress, and I've been embracing the the uh, action of, of injustice around our election for the last 17 months. I made a commitment to myself and to the people I serve, not just in the 59th Assembly District, but the entire state as well, where I would not waver, I would not give up, and I will pursue this until closure. And the good news is every day something evolves from the effort for closure, and yesterday was a huge day for Wisconsin. There was a, a request that a caller had made on a radio program about three to four weeks ago that basically got the speaker to commit to meeting with individuals, constitutional experts, constitutional attorneys, uh, people who are pushing for action, accountability, and up to and including to certifying the election, at least minimally, the term is probably better said to reclaim the electors for Wisconsin. Uh, that's the only thing we can control. What happens in Wisconsin, essentially, beyond Wisconsin, would be up to other states. So I'd like to really focus on making sure Wisconsin does what it should do, and that is to reclaim its electors. Um, that meeting uh, occurred yesterday at 10 o'clock, and I'll stop for a moment, Joe, just in case you want to ask me a question, because I think I know what you might want to ask me. <laughs> well, so the, one of the, the person that was in there was a constitutional scholar was John Eastman. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, he was one of several people in the room that are very constitutionally versed, uh, much stronger, by the way, 
and more um, uh, informed than the Legislative Council presence in the room as well as the Legislative Reference Bureau. By the way, there, there were a member uh, of each of those bodies in the room and they didn't say a word the entire meeting I was told. Now, let, I had to let be me, told that, I had to be told that by the way because yeah, so why weren't you in that meeting yesterday? I mean, I'm really I mean, this is the part that just blows my mind. I know that Robin Voss is running for he's being primaried right now, right? You're running for governor. Um and so the excuse that they gave is not it, it doesn't hold a lot of water. Why did they kick you out? Not well, it wasn't they. So could... It was it was him. So I was in the room that people were congregating in and starting to take position around the table, and and uh, he walked in very rapidly and kind of scanned the room and basically said, "This is my meeting, Tim, and you need to leave." And we were at opposite ends of the table, which puts us about twenty twenty five feet apart. And um, I looked at Jefferson Davis, who was the individual who had coordinated the meeting. Uh, with him, and he represented the people, the constitutional attorneys, the non-establishment speaker element in the room, and basically said something to the effect that, well, he is the representative for the 59th, he's here in his official capacity as the representative, and, and oh, by the way, we want to talk about AJR 120, and that's his resolution, and the speaker's response was, well, no, he's also running for governor, and I don't want to have any uh, campaign-related um, elements in the room, which is interesting because he's running for re-election for the assembly. So he represents campaign elements as well. Um, this was a, exactly what I've been dealing with now for 17 months from this particular individual, by the way. Uh, he is the origin of obstruction, and he has been the individual that has made sure that nothing happened with my resolution and all of the activities I've I've uh, taken up in the last 17 months, and yesterday's uh, element probably had a little bit of, of uh, angst in it as well, maybe some ego, maybe some bullying, uh, you know, insecurity elements that come out of an individual like him, uh, because yes, I am running for governor, yes, I do support his primary challenger, Adam Steen, who is a phenomenal individual, by the way, and he really needs to, to, to win because uh, he is a good person. But anyway, so I was bullied yesterday. And for a moment there, I want you, Joe, and, and all of your listeners to know, I, I had a moment where I wanted to get right in his face and call out the injustice of what he was doing right there in front of everybody. But then the Lord uh, crept into my head and said, basically, this is not the time or the place to have this exchange because the bigger issue at hand was the meeting. And I, I said, basically, okay, I will leave so that he wouldn't leave. Because I thought for a moment there, if I fought that and argued that, he would say, okay, fine, then I'm out of here. And then he'd go and he wouldn't come back. And I think he was going to play that card because I don't think he wanted to be there. So I didn't let him play it. I said, fine, I'm out. I'll get a debrief. I don't need to physically be here. I didn't plan on saying anything anyway. I just wanted to listen and watch body language and, and just absorb so it was okay, but uh, it was a, a, a foobar on his part. He really played and displayed his insecurities and his um, uh, angst toward me as a person, as a professional, and uh, he, he was uh, the loser end on that deal, big time. Yeah, so one of the things that I think that, that I keep you know, going through in my mind is, first of all, the, we, we had uh, Peter uh, Berninger on yesterday, with uh, Dr. Frank, who was in the room, 
and uh, Draza Smith, who's been working on some of the math and some of the uh, computations related to the algorithms in the system and the machines themselves. Um, and we had Jeffrey O'Donnell that was on as well. So we had this group that was on and we played a video and I want to play it again if we can, Mr. Producer. So let's cue it up. And that's the one of uh, Robin Voss admitting that, uh, that there's massive fraud and that there's nothing we can do about it. We have to look forward. Now, did that conversation happen before or after the meeting? After. If that's in front of the elevator, yeah. that was after. They, they, yeah, they, there was a, a brief exchange from Jefferson Davis right outside the room, and then the speaker busted out and tried to cut behind everybody, and the cameras followed him to the elevator or the stairwell area, which is by the elevator, um, and uh, they, they made so, him have that expression. So he sat in a room with constitutional scholars, legal experts, who said, this is what you have to do, and that these are the legal obligations and these are the limits by which you can hold them accountable and recall your electors. Now, whether or not that affects the outcome of the election and, and it, the other states follow suit is, is irrelevant, right? Correct. What yes. is important is that the people in Wisconsin know that you're taking a stand against this fraud, and then the next step is get rid of the voting machines. Get rid of Dominion voting machines, specifically. Get rid of ESNS. Get rid of Smartmatic. Go to paper ballots where you hand count them, and let's break down the cabal across our country. So, so really, it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the country. You're right. Let's focus on what's happening in Wisconsin. But he walked away from that meeting almost as if he would blind, you know, put on blinders and put in ear protection and said, hey, listen, uh, yes, there's fraud, but there's nothing we can do about it. Well... That that is the puzzling um, element here. You know, he he did hear he I heard because I had to get the report that he did have a lot of questions, and the people's uh, opinion of his questions and some of the things he said in the room apparently indicated that he had moved from basically let's just call it a high level of indifference to something more like holy smokes, there's something here, and that that in and of itself is progress. To turn around, however, and say, yeah, I acknowledge what I saw. I understand what I saw. I admit the fact that it was vast, uh, you know, election fraud, widespread and massive. And then to turn around and say, well, but there's no, the only thing we can do to fix it is to get a governor and, a, and an attorney general that are Republican it implies that he's looking forward, not backwards, number one. And number two, it implies that all of the uh, actions to take care of the issue are going to be legislatively uh, drawn bills that are going to come to this governor's desk that the governor will sign. And before I... I move on. I want to make a point really clear about that. We have laws in place now in Wisconsin that weren't followed. The Wisconsin Election Commission broke 16 laws in 2020's presidential election. To this day, there hasn't been any specific investigation into that or specific prosecutions into that. Nobody's held accountable. So to me, it begs the question, you want to layer a state's statute book with more statutes when we didn't enforce the ones we had in the first place. So that whole thing about thinking you can kick the can down the road and the governor's going to sign bills and that's going to stop the fraud is, uh, well, it's a fool's errand. And uh, that's, that's all I have to say about that. So, so you're, you have laws, you have no, no accountability. They're putting the laws on the books, trying to tell people that they're going to solve the problem going forward, not solving the problem going backwards, allowing for fraud and the cheating to exist. I'm just trying to recap everything. Voss comes out of the meeting with, with more information and we were able to move a little bit of the, you know, of his, at least his public persona. Mr. Producer, do we have that video ready? So listen, I want to play this for you um, 
Tim, because uh, because you can see, I've seen I've seen a lot, right? You can see the fear in his eyes. There's a little bit of panic. It reminds me of Jenna Griswold in Colorado. Um, but I want you to uh, check out his facial expressions as he's talking about this and the fact that he's shifting back and forth, back and forth. Um, definitely something that uh, he's trying to figure out where his allegiance is and what's the next step. Let's go ahead and play, Mr. Producer. Uh, it's not about growing the support. I mean, everybody has a right to present their case. Everybody has a right to petition their government. Um, I have heard from an awful lot of folks who have concerns about the election. I believe there were problems with the election. I believe that's why we have passed 17 different bills. We have the Gaiman investigation that I know is showing many of the issues that are there. The problem gets down to what's the remedy. There are some people who think that the legislature has the unilateral ability to overturn the election. We do not. Constitutional scholars like Rick Essenberg, Jim Troopas, Donald Trump's own attorney in Wisconsin said we do not have that power. Um, I still believe that today. Uh, what they spent much of the time talking about, uh, that's a private conversation, but basically they are trying to convince us of the fraud that occurred. I already believe there was fraud that occurred. Uh, the challenge is we now need to have an attorney general and a governor who will sign legislation and fight with us to make sure that the election in 2022 and 2024 is fair. We don't have the ability to unilaterally overturn the election, just a can. Do you think there was widespread fraud or just a few instances? Uh, I think there was widespread fraud. Um, and I think we are going to see more and more data that comes out as Justice Gamelin continues his investigation. But it's up to the people of Wisconsin to decide who they want to lead their state. If they want to have Tony Evers and Josh Call, who have obstructed the investigation and a fair election in every way they possibly could, that's what they can vote for in November. I think we have a better remedy with candidates who will say that we'll pass election integrity investigation, election uh, integrity, we will pass election integrity legislation, we'll follow up on the findings from the nonpartisan audit bureau and will who have all found that there were problems. The Democrats still have not yet admitted that there were any issues with the 2020 election. And every investigation has shown there were many. So I think we should focus on the solution, which is a new governor, a new attorney general, the ability to have, as we move forward, solutions that can actually become law, as opposed to ideas which, again, are totally untested, never been done in the history of our country. We can't have a legislature decertify an election. Thanks, okay, thanks everybody. Tim, did you see what I saw? Yeah, yeah. So, so they've, they've they've admitted in multiple states, and I know I want to focus in on Wisconsin because I think that we have to stay focused in, laser focused in on what we've found. And uh, Peter um, Berninger, by the way, what a patriot! What a guy that literally just is unselfishly serving the American people. Um, you know, and, and not to take anything away from you, but it's, it's I mean, it, it makes me feel good to know that you have people like him that are surrounding you that are doing some hard work. This is not a one man show. And I'll tell you what, I welcome any and all help I can get. In fact, the more the merrier. I would also tell you that uh, Justice Gableman's 136 page report, 90 percent of it was my data for my 72 slide PowerPoint presentation that the entire body got on, on January 18th. Uh, I was very pleased not only that he utilize my data to help present his case and bring his story out. He had some embellishments in there too that I didn't have, which made uh, Justice Gableman's presentation very, very good, very, very effective. He also came to the conclusion that the legislature really needs to take a very hard look at uh, basically reclaiming our 10 electors. He, I think he used the word decertification, which essentially is the effect of reclaiming, but the reclaiming element is, is basically admitting that 
the election was fraudulent. It should have never been certified in the first place. And that's what I've been after from from basically the middle of, of uh, end of October, middle of November, uh, that we had to do something tangible, take an action, hold people and process accountable and pull our 10 back. What happens after that can, can be another story with other states. But right now, Wisconsin's got to stand up and say, not on our watch, and you did wrong. We're going to make you pay for it. We're pulling our 10 back. So, so the, 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 the issue that, I mean, you pull back, you pull back the 10, 10 electors and you still got to get to the, the meat of it. Um, it sounds like Robin Voss is trying to say that you can solve this with legislation. And I believe that there has to be some sort of stick and carrots. Shouldn't there be some other way that we can actually make sure that, I mean, there has to be a consequence, I guess. You break these laws, there has to be a consequence. There has to be a consequence to Dominion and ESNS and these other voting machines for fraudulently representing the American people. I, I don't know how, I mean, I look at the next step of, of, yes, pulling back the electors, but I actually think, Tim, and, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I think that now you got to kick the machine companies out. You got to. You, you can't trust them, and, and the American people can't trust them, and the people in Wisconsin can't trust them. So don't you have to stop the uh, mail-in ballots? Don't you have to stop the, the machines from doing the calculating? Uh, yes. I believe we have to take multiple actions, which is where the investigations and audits will continue, regardless of what we do with the, the 10 electors. I put that stake in the ground in mid-November because I was very concerned about people running out the clock. It's very interesting that the Speaker blames the Democratic Party for being obstructionist in this process. He is the origin of obstruction overall, and he could have resolved this issue a long time ago if he genuinely would have wanted it to be resolved. I don't believe he wants it resolved because he's involved. There's there's national connections through NCSL and the use of drop boxes that implicate uh, people and organizations into this massive national fraud. You spoke earlier about um, states and, and actions they should take. All 50 states should take action to audit and and uh, investigate their elections because all 50 states were taken advantage of, just like the elder abuse that occurred in Racine County, where they, they utilized people and their names to to make the ends meet for getting the ballot in, in Joe Biden's name. They abused elderly people, and it's shameful what they did. And, and yet but, there hasn't been any wide amount of prosecutions, and there hasn't been a lot of consequences that come out of that. I mean, you have 45 days in jail, 60 days in jail, Stealing the voice of an American, stealing the stealing a, an election. I mean, don't you think that the penalty should be 10, 20 years? Well, uh, two parts to your question there, Joe. First of all, that's been the element of obstruction I've also had to deal with. The mystery and the unprecedented nature of the situation. And everybody's you know, not really sure about the constitutionality element, which has really been discussed and it's proven it is constitutional. We do have a right to reclaim. So his comments also on that press expression there were false as well. It's misleading to say that we can't do it. The legislature has the plenary right to do it. It actually falls on the legislature, not the governor executive, not the judicial branch. It's on the legislative branch. Um, as, as far as uh, the, the widespread effect of what happened in our nation, that's another reason why things are slow because so many people were involved, both sides of the fence, all parties, and nobody wants to go to jail. So they're all dragging their feet to try to deflect and defer and run out clocks because they're scared, just like the speaker was standing in front of that elevator.
And he was really scared. I mean, I've seen fear before and his uncomfortability, and he had to answer the questions because he knew that if he answered it any different way, it came out of the room a different way, that there would be, there would be an outrage that he probably couldn't control. So he had to tell – he can't unsee it. He can't unring the bell once you see it, right? Yeah, now, he, uh, he has to say that the general well, – let's, let's put it on the governor and the attorney general stuff to deflect away from actually answering the question. It's a deflection action that he's been taken now for a while. Initially, he was saying it's unconstitutional. He did say that again, but that doesn't hold water anymore. And after yesterday's meeting, I think he found out crystal clear that it is possible. So I think the heat that he's feeling is putting him in a place where he thought he could probably promise people, don't worry, I'll take care of this. I'll make sure it doesn't happen to where now he's probably worried about being able to do that anymore. That's why he's afraid. So we, we have a um, hearing coming up on, on March 24th. Is that correct? That's going to be another big one with true to vote. And that, that's, according to what I heard yesterday, going to be the bombshell that's going to crack the nut wide open. It's going to be game over. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, – I'll be there, by the way. I'll be present for that. So, so let me put that back up if you can, Mr. Producer. Um, this is an informational hearing committee on campaign and elections the committee will hold a public hearing on the following items at a time specified below. And it's Thursday, March 24th, uh, my daughter's birthday, uh, 2022. So happy birthday, Micah. You're going to get something great on your birthday. Uh, at 10 a.m. in room 412 East, uh, invited speakers only. 2020 election investigation, 2020 investigation pursuant to AR-15. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> AR I do like that. Yeah, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I, I kind of have to like that because it, it has multiple meetings. I've got veins in my head. Well, that are yeah. Out. yeah, so the backstory to AR-15, by the way, is on March 10th of 2021, the Campaign Elections Committee met, and that's when they inter interviewed Eric Cardall, and he spoke about all the fraud that happened in Brown County slash Green Bay. And in, within two weeks on the floor, we uh, did approve AR-15. It was a party line vote. It was... Um, 55 to 38, we didn't have a full 99 compliment in the room that day, as I recall, but 55 members said, yes, let's give more help to the uh, campaign and elections committee. So that's end of March. It took till the end of May, 60 days for the speaker to name somebody, which turned out to be Justice Gableman to, to take the role on July 1st. So we lost 70, 75 days of slow dancing. That's where the clock running started actually manifesting with me, by the way. He should have named somebody within a week or two from AR-15 being approved the end of March, and it took him till July 1st, which is crap. But that's that was part of it. But anyway, that's the backstory to AR-15. So, so I want to I want to go through I want I want to go through this because um, you know that meeting is going to be a lot of truth bombs are going to be made public. Um, Tim, do you have any? Do you have any uh, uh, thing on the horizon, uh, a bill that you're going to put out? I know that is the legislative session closed until 2023. Yeah, I, I could put out any kind of legislation, resolution or, or actual bill. Uh, it would be total optics. Um, then again, I could put something out and perhaps we could get the body to ask for a special or an extraordinary session and actually take it up. The problem is the, any anything outside the scope of the session ending has to be approved by both houses. So the majority leader of the Senate, Devin Lemahue, Senator from the 9th District, yeah. and Speaker Robin Voss from the 63rd would have to agree to have an extraordinary special session. I don't see that happening because both of them have been adamantly opposed to anything uh, closure-based regarding the subject. So, anyway. 
I'm going to do a quick ad read if I can. Today's podcast is brought to you or sponsored by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach and you travel a lot or you're, you're, you, you go hiking, spend time outdoors, you, even if you drive a lot, um, God forbid something ever happened to you. But if, uh, if you have to be air medically transported, insurance doesn't always cover the cost of that medical flight. But with Air Medicare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Um, I've been a member there for the, the entire time that they've been a sponsor, which is well over a year. And we will continue to support them. Great people. But if you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you can receive up to a $50 e-gift card. Now, you can also get a... Uh, Amazon gift card, but don't do that. We don't support Amazon here. Uh, we stay as far away from Amazon as possible, but go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and uh, use promo code daily. And uh, it's super cheap, super, super cheap. Okay, so tell me about this. This, this happened yesterday. So Peter uh, Berninger said that there was an aide outside of uh, Robin Voss's office and was talking and said, we're doing it too. In other words, we're harvesting ballots too. Now, I don't care where the cheating comes from. Cheating is cheating. If, if Trump won, I'd be in the same boat, by the way. If somebody was on a call, I'd be on the same boat. And I'd be saying, this is not the will of the American people. People are like, oh, no, you won't. You're all Trump. Well, I voted for Obama the first time too because I thought that he could unite the country in a way that nobody's been able to, being able to sits on both sides. Um, that turned out to be an absolute lie. But um, so, so the fact that an aide would say that, how do you feel about that, knowing that people that are even in your own party would admit to the fact that they would harvest ballots? Well, uh, two wrongs don't make a right is my first thought. Second thought is I'm shocked that the aide was out there doing that. I don't know if that was done on purpose. Was it scripted, orchestrated? Probably. Yeah. That's pretty much all that emanates out of that office anyway. Everything's orchestrated and scripted to deflect. Uh, and, and, and basically, that, that smells like an excuse. It's like, well, I guess we're just going to cheat too because that kind of levels the playing field. That's incredibly poor logic, and it doesn't uh, get us closer to, at all, in fact, further away from doing the right thing for our Constitution and for our republic. So I'm actually surprised to hear that, and I'd like to know who that aide was because I would – want to pursue that with an investigation to find out what the source or the root of that was. Was that person told to do that? Were they given the the, uh, the cliff notes, if you would, to say the things that they said? I don't know. That's news to me, but I, I need to find out who that was. Yeah. So um, I, I think that the, the issue that I have with that is that if that's true, then it's an orchestrated effort, I guess, across the board. And it would lead more to this, this, uh, this narrative that frankly I find very compelling and true that there's a cabal, that there's a, there's a deep rooted, um, you know, deep state within our country that is, that is pushing to elect or select people, not elect people in certain positions of trust and authority. Well, and and I, I don't think you're wrong to suggest that because I've known for some time now, it's not just one side, it's everybody. And, and the speaker, uh, a couple of three months ago, now it's been a while, time flies when you're not having fun, but, uh, he made a comment that he was guaranteeing one of the gubernatorial candidates that he backs their establishment pick, and he endorsed this individual. Uh, he guaranteed that person was going to win. Now, how do you say something like that unless you have insider information on how you can mani- manipulate the outcome of the election? So I think he he uh, put a finger on his own forehead and, and called himself guilty 
by admitting that cheating was going on, that it, he admitted cheating, he's aware of it. And now you've got a, a staffer from in his office saying, yeah, we do it too. I mean, this whole thing's got stink all over it. And, and this is why I haven't been able to let go of this because it's not resolved, but more importantly, because the, the lines are blurred on where it ends. It's everywhere. And so uh, I'm, I'm the tip of the spear. I'm the Tim's truth train. I'm going to continue to fight to get answers and closure so we can get trust reinstored in our process. And all the people that broke law, including the speaker, when it's proven, needs to be held accountable up to and including Steel Bar Hotel. Bring it on. Put them where they belong for breaking the law. That's what I say. Well, and you talk about Steel Bar Hotel. I, I want to be be clear on this. That, you know, is this treason? Yes. Is stealing an election Absolutely. treason? Okay. So Absolutely. I, I want to tell you what the law states. Um, the law states that up to and including death. And so I actually don't want anybody to die. But how many people, Tim, have died? How many people have lost their jobs, their families, their homes as a result of the problem, not the symptom to the problem, but the problem itself, which is stealing an election, which has led to massive inflation, the border being wide open, uh, you know, uh, criminals being able to run the streets with impunity. How many people have lost their lives? So this is not a victimless crime. This is a this is a this is creates a victimology on our entire country. Throw in our veterans who gave of themselves the ultimate sacrifice to fight for our country and gave their life for our freedoms here. And now you've got this infringement upon our freedoms and our infringement upon our constitution, infringement upon our rights by these people thinking that over the last 25 years or longer, that they have this process, this cabal, where they've basically accepted it perhaps as learned behavior. They don't care about the law and the regulation. They're just doing it through the motion of, of habitual repetitiveness and, and they think it's okay. So that's where so many more people probably are, holy smokes, I didn't know I was being illegal this whole time. And, and some of them are coming out admitting, you know, like the, the mules, you know, for the people who threw in ballots uh, on all the drop boxes that were put in, in Milwaukee and Dane County. We've got people coming forward now admitting who told them to do it, who gave them the ballots to do it, who paid them to do it. They're coming forward now because they don't want to be uh, uh, charged with a crime and go to jail for something that somebody told them to do. So that's what's helping the, the revelation of this new information now. We've got people who are, are turning, and that's what we've needed all along. So it's taken a while to get here, but the cabal element is being attacked as we speak. Guys like Peter Berniger, Dan Eastman, and John Eastman, they're no relation, by the way, are, are helping us with the data and helping us with the constitutionality, and, and we're going to get there. This, this, this state's going to it's going to take action with its uh, 10 electors. I can guarantee it. Okay. So let's, let's work the problem. So I always say we need to work the problem, work the problem. First of all, Mark Spritzer, uh, Rubenstein locked in a room. Um, you, you've heard this as well, building a program, full access to in real time, the votes coming in, uh, the CL, what is it? The CSCL, CL, CTCL, CTCL, CTCL. And for tech and civic life, they have full access to it. You're a part of the. You are a part of the Eric system, correct? Yes, we're one okay. of the 31 states. Yes. All right. So you're in the you're in the pack with Eric. You you have all of this stuff that that is that gets full access to it and ability to manipulate it. We I want to go back and talk about the voter rolls and how they were were able to to see that the voter rolls would inflate almost uh, in, in algorithmic style 
right? In other words, that that they're all, all six. There, there's um, 72 counties in the state of Wisconsin, and all 72 were parallel in their movements down and up with voter uh, uh, logs being purged out and then being re-added back in. And uh, this is Dr. Frank's data, and it's it, it reflects very clearly that this activity was centrally controlled. So it was being done by one entity. It's probably the Eric system that did it, my guess. I don't know. I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, they, they have access to the WISFO database, and it's been centrally controlled for years. So, so we... We have a problem on both sides. We have dirty voter rolls. Seth Keschel came out and said, we have to purge the voter rolls and you have to re-register. That is the only way that you solve this problem. Is that I've you have said to- that too. Yep. I've, so, I've said that too. We've got so many layers of bureaucracy and crap involved. Just start over. Clean it up and start over one for one, legitimately per address and, and one ballot per person in that residency. And we're going to take that 7.1, almost 7.2 million names and we're going to bring it down to something probably half that amount and they're, they're all going to be eligible and or legitimate and nothing extraneous including deceased persons how many people actually live in wisconsin 5.825 million so how do you have 7.2 on the voter rolls uh when I- when you don't get asked questions and you allow extraneous data in there for a reason which is to help create phantom or ghost ballots that's why now they'll claim well, we want the, the record. We want the historical record. That's fine. But you don't have it within the same data file, and you don't have it on the same server. You put them in separate locations, and they don't connect to each other so that you can just change the record from inactive to active and then back to inactive after you put a ballot against it because the system won't reject it if the record is active in the system. Even though it's an ineligible line item, it's still going to qualify a ballot. So, so let, let's walk through some of the, the, the ways that we can, because I think we've, we've worked the problem, we can come up with a, a pathway, you know, things that I think need to be done. So you're saying, so I want to go back to the part where, um, frankly, you have, to, um, you have to have a special session in order to get rid of the voting machines, right? Right now, in order to get rid of it for 2022, you'd have to go into a special session of some sort. Uh, well, um, the county clerks authorize the use of uh, voting machines. I don't know if it's a statute that allows them that authority or if it's something at the county level. So I, I honestly can't answer the question, but let's just say some action has to occur, some official action has to occur to, to remove the machine. So I'll go along with it, but it might not be a special session. It might not be a legislative act, but okay. Okay. So that we, if with the county clerks, someone, they can get rid of the machines this year. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what what's the what's the next thing that we would have to do? Get rid of the Eric system? Get rid of well, the I, C, I, CTLCL? I put a, yeah, well, I put a proposal out to get rid of uh, or have Wisconsin withdraw from that uh, agreement and get out of that system. Um, the next thing we have to do is that Wisvote database. I mean, that's actually the the most important thing because that's that's the ballot to the name element. And if you want to go just ballots and being the gold standard, that's the way to go with no machines, right? You have to have the, the list accurate as well. Otherwise, you can still have fraudulent activity occur. So between machines, getting rid of machines, and, and updating the Wisconsin uh, voter list, those would be the, the one-two punches that would make an extraordinary uh, step forward to uh, relieve the, uh, the fraud in our state. So um, I want to put something up. We have this. This is from the um, Office of Special Counsel. Uh, Mr. Producer, put this up. This is uh, the second interim investigative report 
um, on the apparatus and procedures of the Wisconsin election system. This was delivered to the Wisconsin State Assembly on March 1st. Um, and I want to read a couple of excerpts from that and then get your thoughts on this. Uh, the, the OCS learned that all machines in Green Bay were ESNS machines and were connected to a secret hidden Wi-Fi access point at the Grand Hyatt Hotel, which was located location used by the city of Green Bay on the day of the 2020 presidential election. The OCS discovered the Wi-Fi machines and ballots were controlled by a single individual who was not a government employee nor an agent or special interest group operating in Wisconsin. <laughs> Here we go. One of the functions, so this was, by the way, Mr. Uh, uh, Spitzer Rubenstein, so Mark Spitzer. Yeah, I, we call him eyebrows over here. Uh, one of the functions of Mr. Spitzer Rubenstein's <laughs> services on-site contact was to coordinate with the contractor staff at the Ohio Regency and KI Convention Center to set up wireless networks for election day operations. At Mr. Spitzer Rubenstein's instructions, there were three Wi-Fi networks available. One was the General Conference Facility Public Network that would be available to members of the press and others. That network was password protected, but the passwords were widely available. A second password protected Wi-Fi network was created for Central County Count staff. Mr. Spitzer Rubenstein also directed that a third Wi-Fi network was established, but that network was to be hidden and it was not to be password protected. Spitzer Rubenstein also ensured that both networks reached his hotel room on the eighth floor. On election day, Spitzer Rubenstein had access to ballots and determined which ones would be counted and not counted. Tim, this is a smoking gun. This guy should be in prison. And by the way, we got to figure out who he works for because I got to believe that the intelligence community in this country was involved in this. This is a color revolution. Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I would also add that this is where uh, the language in, in Mr. Gableman's report uh, is is very very effective beyond what my report was. This is the language around the the elements of of illegality. And I, I'll tell you what: every single member of the Wisconsin State Legislature, all of them. 131 other members, and I'll include Janelle Branchin in that, because I don't know if she read it. I, I would guess she did, but maybe she didn't. I have to look at my report and Gableman's report, and you will come to the conclusion. The media as well. I told it to them, these guys yesterday. I got in front of them yesterday, and I kind of challenged them. They were asking me questions, by the way. I'm going to spin you for a moment, Joe, about yeah. the data. How do you qualify the fraud? And I said to them, I go, did you look at my 72-slide my, my report that's on my page? And did you look at the resolution? And then the guy's looking at me with the deer in the headlight. And I said, did you look at Michael Gableman's 136-page report? And the guy kind of like, well, well, yeah. Well, then what are you asking me the question for? The answer to your question is in the reporting data. It qualifies the ask about the resolution. And it justifies why Gableman said what he said, which is we should look really hard at reclaiming our ballots and decertifying. It's all right there. And all the people have to do, all the media has to do, all the legislators, legislators in Wisconsin have to do is look at the data and then go to the speaker and say, we're going to have a special session and we're going to move on AGR 120 because it's the right thing to do. That's where we're at with this thing. But they're not taking the action because they're not reading the data. And they look at me like, well, you know, the speaker told us to ignore it and it's not going to go anywhere. And, this, and the uh, majority leader who's chair of the rules committee who has the, the bill in his committee right now should have had a hearing on this and he didn't he's been derelict in his duty and he's been denying the right and and the freedoms of uh, the people of the state he did not do his job as chairman and then he gets on an exit interview with wisconsin i and they're talking about me running for governor why doesn't he talk about his lack of, of derelict his lack of duty the duty he was hired to do 
and talk about the 165 bills stuck in his in his committee right now that are going to die because he didn't finish his job. This guy needs to go too, by the way. That's a whole nother conversation regarding Representative Jim Steineke. But uh, talk about uh, wasting space. Holy smokes. Anyway, I got off on a tangent there. Could you tell no. him a little passionate hey, about this? And, and you should be. I mean, the yeah. American people should be upset in every state and every level. Because what have they been telling us for the last 16 months, Tim? They've been telling us nothing to see here, move on, safest and fairest election in U.S. history, while they've been stealing the voice of the American people. They've enslaved us, Tim. If we don't have fair, fair elections, we're slaves. Give us 52 cents on every dollar, you're a slave. Yep, and, and, and brainwashing along the way, too, with this, you know, nothing to see here and, and, and don't, you know, th these guys are crackpots or, or Ramsons are conspiracy theorists. I jumped on the media yesterday, too, and said, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just the opposite. I'm focused on truth. I want the conspiracy. I want the conjecture, the mystery. I want it gone. I want truth and I want closure. That's not being a conspiracy theorist. That's being someone who's truthful. And that's been me the whole time as well. So I'm tired of the name calling, by the way, Joe. And that's one thing that happens in this environment. Socrates said it best back in 450 BC. He said, when the debate is lost, slander becomes the tool of the loser. Okay. Yeah. So Speaker Voss is a loser. So he's calling me names. You've got members of the media who are losing. So they're calling me names. They don't have anything to back up their perspective or their position in the issue other than to make it look like I don't know what I'm talking about or you don't know what you're talking about when we have all the facts right in front of us and all we need to do is roll it up like a baseball bat and just keep whacking them over the head because there's nothing else to prove on my side nothing else to prove on Michael Gableman's side we've got enough evidence to take the action to reclaim our electors and and do something that's tangible to hold people accountable and oh by the way let's keep on investigating and keep on auditing and and when we get to specific issues get them to the district attorneys that will prosecute and and hold people accountable for breaking the law so so let's 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 talk about that we, you you recount re, you reclaim the electors as part of working the problem you withdraw from eric which i think has to happen you get the county clerks or whatever to get rid of the voting machines, which has to happen. You know, we're seeing it happen across the country that different places are saying, there's just too much evidence. I have to get rid of the voting machines, right? But Tim, does this create a constitutional crisis? Because that is one of the things that Doug Logan said when he bombed the report in Arizona, is that we, we would face a constitutional crisis, which is why I can't call, cause, call for decertification. Aren't we in a constitutional crisis if the voice of the American people do not actually have a voice? We absolutely are. I thought I heard that uh, Mr. Logan had said that. I don't know what prompted him to feel that way or say that, but the constitutional crisis would probably develop if multiple states were to do the right thing as well. And they're talking about it. Michigan's actively pursuing reclaiming their electors as well. You've got Arizona stuff going on. Pennsylvania's talking about it. Minnesota's talking about it. And if you want to throw in Georgia and Nevada, too, fine. We've got more than two or three states, by the way, who are not just speaking. They're taking action to move forward. So something's going to happen, and we're going to have a very interesting time when it comes to determining who actually is our president. But that's down the road for me. My focus is only Wisconsin and to pull back our 10 because we were defrauded. But we've got some so much cleanup to do, Joe. It's not funny. And this is one of the reasons why I'm also running for governor. You're not going to get the work that needs to get done 
done with any other candidate that's running for governor, including the guy who's in the chair now, because yes, he's been indifferent and he's been obstructing by his lack of action. He needs to go too. The only person that is an America first candidate that will do the right thing of buying for the people is the guy that you're talking to right now on this radio show or on this program rather. And, and I'm going to make a difference and get this thing resolved. And it's never going to happen again because we're not going to just throw band-aids at this thing. We're going to solve it and resolve it. And we're not going to be talking about election integrity anymore because it's going to be corrected in a way that will prevent it from ever be, it being used the way it was before, which is as a tool against our republic and against our constitution. So, the, so that leads me down the slippery slope. On January 6th, we went to Washington, D.C. for a redress of grievances. They told us it was the safest and fairest election in U.S. history. Mike Pence, that traitor to our nation, I'll say it out front, he is a part of the cabal. He is a part of the deep state. He is a part of the reason why uh, General Flynn went through what he went through. Um, frankly, the guy talks about God and, and walks way, away from him, right? What about the prisoners on January 6th? They went there for address of grievances against the fraudulent cabal in our country. And you've uncovered it in Wisconsin. They've uncovered it in Georgia. We're going to have them on. Otero County, uh, New Mexico, uh, David Clements, Aaron Clements, uh, Dr. Sheba, they're working on, on that audit. What's coming out of Otero County mimics what's happened in Wisconsin. That's just a small state. Uh, with not a whole lot of voters in that particular area, but you're still seeing the fraud there. What, what about our prisoners, Tim? What about our prisoners? Have- what about our political prisoners? There's like 542 or something like that. Is that the number? In jail right now, in jail, I think there is a little over 60, I think. 60. A little over 60 that are currently incarcerated for a trespassing, right? But, but other, yeah. others have ankle bracelets and things like that, house arrests yeah. and stuff like that. I think it's 500 plus, yeah. You know, I, uh, this came up with me probably within the last week, week and a half. And my response was, we've got to get the federal congressional members of Wisconsin engaged in this. So I've reached out to all of the congressional offices and the two senators, so 10 of them. And uh, I, I implored upon them to try to take some action at the federal level because that's where, where, the, uh, that's, where it needs to, that's where it needs to focus on. That's all I can say to that. They should have never been held, the starters, and they should not have been held this long and uh, they need to be released yesterday. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that just brings us down to, you know, the, the, the just the, you know, we, we now talk about Ukraine. There, there's another story that just came out that I want to talk to you about because, you know, this has nothing to do with the election, but, you know, you're actually speaking up in other areas as well. Mr. Producer, put up A3 if you would. You suggest students are being forced into special ed classes. Let me read a little bit from this. Um, this is uh, from March 15, 2022. In his campaign to be reelected to the, the Kawashkam School Board, Rep. Timothy Rantham suggested that students be forced into special education classes in a way for school districts to get more funding and more and control both students and parents. Rantham, who is running a far right a far right campaign for governor, made the comments at Candidate Forum last Friday, hosted by Common Sense Citizens of Washington County. The comments came in response to a question about his views of the use of critical race theory and emotional, social-emotional learning principles in middle school and high school education. Critical race theory is a graduate-level framework that views American history and institution as being shaped by racism. Social-emotional learning principles are a method of teaching that aims to help students better deal with their emotions and interact with others. Um, I think it's a way to control. So let me read this part that that I think that they, yeah. So we have to get back to the core elements of education with writing, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and those elements 
more so than the social behavior issues, uh, Rantham said. I think we spend too much uh, time qualifying who is deemed as special needs, whether it's mental health or otherwise. And there seems to be a push for adding funding to those categories to enforce more participation. So it's kind of a false sense of why we're supporting these things. I think that it's more to do with money and also to control the students at the educational level as well as perhaps their parents. This is the indoctrination that we talk about, right? Is that they're trying to control these kids. They're trying to create a construct in which they become the authority. And this is where you have to start it. You have to start it in school. You just hit the nail on the head, Joe. That's exactly why I said what I said. And it's it, there's the evidence is clear. The, the amount of funding being requested for special uh, education has soared in the last handful of years. And the governor in Wisconsin has been leading the way. You know, yeah. he's supposed he's deemed, he's deemed by the Democrats as the education governor, and it's not really about education; it's about money and lining the pockets and control. Of and control, yes. I mean, that's what I said. It. Special education is, you know, frankly, it, it's a way that they can mule in psychological warfare happens at a level in which they can convince you you have something that you don't. They can convince you that they are something that they aren't. And and the problem with where we're at right now, Tim, and I got I just got to tell you, is that we have judges that have been appointed by people who are selected, which means those judges should not be in position of power and authority. They've, they are corrupt. I mean, the judiciary right now is as corrupt as anything else we've seen, right? We have corruption sure. in the selection of... So laws for the last decade, two decades, have been created by people who were selected, not elected. I mean, the, the rabbit hole is getting deep. I'm not sure we can run away from this, but what they're doing to our children, and we just did a special on this a couple of days ago, what they're doing to our children... Um, is, uh, frankly, if my child was in school right now and they did this to my kid, I'm not sure I would be able to con control myself. I think I'd have to pray for them afterwards, but I would probably do something really bad to them. Well, and, that, and that's how you get to the heart of our society. You start to, I'll use the term loosely, maybe it's applicable, maybe it's not, but it's the brainwashing element. It's the conditioning, it's the indoctrination. You get them at a young age and you can evolve society to look at things all differently and pretty soon everything's on the table everything's at risk including our republic including our constitution so uh that's that's uh you know I, you make me think of steve jobs when you bring up you know the, the youthful element of, of this conversation that's why he targeted schools and colleges with his product he wanted to get the the, um, the liberal side of, of what apple computer brought to the table um at, at that level so that they could help you know, swing the mentality and the mindset of, of the youth. And um, he was somewhat successful, by the way. So anyway. Well, I, I'll give you the last word. There's so much. First of all, I want to tell you that I'm, I'm, it's a blessing to have you doing the things that you're doing in Wisconsin. I, will, I pray for you. I've continued to pray for you. I know the people that are listening are praying for you. Um, but I want to tell you, uh, your courage is infectious. It's infected others. You, you are leading the charge across this nation. You have taken the hits. I know what taking the hits looks like. It's not comfortable, especially being an introspective man who loves the Lord, loves Jesus. It's, it's a difficult place to be. I see Jesus at the, at the supper table behind you in that picture. A perfect indication of, of uh, you know, the way that you have, have operated, acted. And uh, I just want to say thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so very much for those comments, Joe. Uh, touches my heart deeply, and I'll never forget them. 
Uh, I will uh, quote John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I've lived those words since I was confirmed uh, when I was 14. I became born again on August 14th of 2018 with the help of my friend, Chaplain Michael Kepke. And uh, I, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord every day. Um, thank you for your comment about courage. I, I look at it a little differently. Like, to me, the only way I can be is the way I am. I am of, by, and for the people. I understand what the word representation means. I'm a representative of the people. I know what they expect of me, and I take it upon myself every day. I wear the armor of God every day, and I, I move forward for them. I don't matter. What happens to me doesn't matter. I don't care about me. I'm the vessel for the Lord. I'm the vessel for the people to do the things that are right for them and for our communities, for our states, for our country. I will never change. I will never waver. And frankly, um, I accept the challenge. If these people want to come at me with their name calling and their hate, bring it on. Because when I get into a room and have a discussion about truth, they don't have a pot to piss in. And I'm fine with that. I can I can have conversation with anybody that's anti-Rampton. But when we get done talking, they're going to look differently at me and they're going to think differently about me because I speak truth. I back my stuff up with data. I don't talk uh, in any other way because everything I say is that important, especially now. So I, I welcome the challenge, Joe. I'm glad the Lord called me to serve, and I'm honored to uh, not only be able to do it for the people of Wisconsin, but for you as well. And thank you for your, your support and your prayers. Um, they're, they're, they're appreciated beyond measure. Well, God bless you, and we'll be uh, supporting you, and we'll be supporting you for governor. Um, I do want to tell you that uh, if there's anything I can do for you, uh, we need to mention your website, by the way, uh, that you are running for governor. So if people can actually support you, that'd be great as well. Um, the website is Rantham, Ran, Ramthun for governor.com. That's R-A-M-T-H-U-N-F-O-R-G-O-V-E-R-N-O-R. That's Ranthun, Ramthun, R-A-M-T-H-U-N. And, um, and, uh, I gotta tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to donate today to you and, um, God bless you, Tim. Well, thank you. A real quick comment. I would like to add to that. I, I no good at fundraising. I'm no good at asking people for money, uh, for a statewide race. However, though, I've only been running for four, maybe five weeks now. Uh, one of my challengers has been running for four years. So she has a little bit of a head start there. Uh, okay. financially as well, but uh, I'm, I'm catching and passing her in a lot of different areas within the state. I know it's going to get more contentious this summer, and I'll have more demand on, on visibility like media, uh, perhaps TV and radio. So I'm going to have some expenses coming down the road that I'm trying to save up for now. But uh, there was a RPW, Republican Party of Wisconsin, had an edict out that I had to have $100,000 and 1,000 donors, different donors, not including myself or PAC money, which I don't take anyway, by um, March 15th, which was Tuesday, the Ides of March. And I announced on February 12th, right? So I basically had a month to get myself to a place where I crossed the finish line. And with the help of the people across this great state and this great nation, I blew the doors off both of those numbers. I went past the 100 and I went past the 1,000 in three and a half weeks. It was a phenomenal um, expression of of support from the people. And by the way, that's how I look at it. 
the numbers were numbers, yes, but the meaning behind the numbers for me was all about support and understanding and confidence in me to be the next governor for Wisconsin. And I am eternally grateful to them. And when I am successful and we do win the governorship, we, the people, will have somebody who will be reminding them every day that their judgment was sound and that their support was well-placed. So that's my closing comment for the day. Thank you so very much for having me on your show. It was an honor and a privilege, and I look forward to the next opportunity. God bless you, Tim. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye, sir. Tim Rampton, very courageous man, a man that has stood up. And, and frankly, uh, Wisconsin came out of nowhere. They've boogered up what's happened in Arizona. You know, they can't, you have controlled opposition in the middle of it. You've got all sorts of things that they're, they're, they're making allegations, um, but not really backing it up, not really backing it up. We already have the details of the, of the, um, of the audit, and they were able to spin that. But you can't spend anything coming out of Wisconsin. You can't spend anything coming out of Georgia. You can't spend anything coming out of Colorado. We, we, we watched as they picked everything else apart. So we knew that we had to get deeper into the details. So we did. They've attacked Tina Peters. They've attacked Belinda Nisley. They've, they've uh, kicked down doors with the FBI. They've intimidated people. They've showed up at people's work. They've done things to try and pick people apart because slander is the thing that happens when you lose the argument. I said yesterday that you have to do a couple things. One, you have to pray for this great nation. There are two pathways that somebody told me about, the first of which is judgment, that God will judge us, and the other of which is that he will redeem us. I believe that we are in a period of redemption, that God is going to redeem this country, but we have to stand with courage and be the arbiters of reality and be the ambassadors for truth. We're not always going to say the right thing. The radical left is going to use every word we say against us, and it's okay. If you're authentic, own it. I own what I said about treason, that the, the, that the, that the thing that you do, if you commit treason, that, that there is a penalty, and that penalty is up and to include death. And so if you don't like that, I mean, as Jenna, Peter, or Jenna Griswold uh, uh, pointed out, then don't commit treason, because the amount of death and destruction that you push upon the American people is immeasurable. It's not a victimless crime. And what they've done in this country, what they've done in our state, what they've done uh, across the globe by interfering with the sovereignty of other nations is something that we should pay attention to. Last night, I got to talk to the people in Moline, um, Illinois. And I said, listen, nobody's coming to save us. We must save ourselves. We are both the problem and that we've been silent, and we are also the answer. So find your voice. Become an ambassador for truth. Be the arbiter of reality. Speak up. And if you lose your job... If you become poor, so what? It is yet a point in time that you will only suffer for so long. But if we do nothing at this point, we will suffer, and future generations will suffer, and there will be no opportunity, and the rest of the world will fall as the U.S. falls. So we're out of time. I do want to go one more to one of our sponsors. You guys can't see, but I am wearing green. You should be wearing green today. It's Leprechaun Day, otherwise known as St. Patrick's Day. Uh, be safe out there if you decide to go out and celebrate. In Colorado, it is snowing like crazy. Um, but we've got a couple sponsors that I want to push out to you so that you can actually support them, the first of which is Liberty Cigars. Uh, my friends that I know are actually watching, because I saw one of you in the comments, you need to re replenish my cigars. You need to go to Liberty Cigars. 
uh, com. Use the promo code Liberty and save 17.76% on the early Republic series. It's priced at $89. That set includes a George Washington, John Adams, John, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams cigar. Um, you, you smoke 30, you better replace it. If anyone wants to buy me a box of cigars, you're welcome to do that as well. <laughs> and you can save 17.76%. Um, and the last one is, is that we're only two weeks left on Enterforce. And our partner, Enterforce, we've talked about this January 6th. We signed up with these guys because we were able to donate uh, quite a bit to um, our January 6th prisoners. You have a chance to win a 2021 Ford F-450 Gooseneck trailer, a Can-Am Maverick, and 20000 in cash. Conservative Daily listeners can get either 1,000 bonus entries on top of everything else that they're offering, or you can get um, 10% off by using the promo code CD21. Um, if you go to the site, enterforce.com, that's E-N-R-F-O-R-C-E.com, um, and use uh, the, those promo codes, CD21, to get 1,000 or CD10 to get 10% off. Um, and buy some gear, support our troops. We have the you know, Free Our People sweatshirts and shirts there. And you also have some really good goodies. I'm wearing one right now. See, Enterforce looks pretty cool on the back. Um, and, and just so you know, no purchase or payment of any kind is necessary to enter or win. Purchase or payment will not improve your chance of winning. All right, that's it today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a great day on St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to go have some fellowship and uh, do some Bible studies. I want to uh, point out one last Bible verse, and that is Galatians 4.16. Am I the enemy because I tell you the truth? The left, I am definitely their enemy. And yes, I am definitely going to tell you the truth. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, we're out of time. Um, if you like us, please follow us on Rumble. You can follow us on Conservative Daily at Telegram at Conservative Daily as well. I do have an announcement. I have an announcement. I am on Truth Social. So I'll be doing truth bombs all over the place, bombing you with truth on Truth Social. I will not leave Telegram. I probably will get off some of the other channels because it's so hard to, to post in those different environments. But if you want to listen to us here, you can uh, listen to us live at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, um, uh, Frank Speech, and CloudHub. We are going to – we might get on Getter. Or we might actually go back onto YouTube just so I can torture them. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be seeing on that. You can follow us on the audio version at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Audible. Subscribe and give us a five-star review. Um, yeah, somebody, I got to tell you, it's, uh, you know, it's a, we, we've been doing this for a year, a little over a year, year and a half we've been doing podcasting. Um, we hit our fifth, five millionth uh, download on Apple Podcasts, so kind of a, a milestone, so I want to thank you guys all for that. Uh, share this episode with someone who needs to hear it or enjoy listening to it. Uh, text the word freedom to 89517. Sign up for our text alert system. We're going to start using that to tell you about other stuff that's happening as well. Um, use the link in our description as well to subscribe to our newsletter and you get our facts plus so you don't miss any important projects we're working on. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. I just want to tell you that we are winning the fight. And the only way we will win, we will finish this, is actually two things. One, pray like your life depends on it because it does. And two, stand together. Stand together in the gap. God bless you.